Hey guys, and welcome to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast, where you will be inspired, encouraged, and transformed with powerful teachings and real stories of mental health. This podcast is not a substitute for counseling. If you are in a crisis, call or text your local crisis center or visit suicidepreventionlifeline.org. Jesus is in our mental health, and freedom is where we start. I am your host, Heidi Mortensen, licensed marriage and family therapist. Get ready. Today's show is going to bring you hope. Hello, and welcome to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast. I'm your host, Heidi Mortensen, licensed marriage and family therapist, and I am so excited to actually have with me and meet Tia Martinez. Can you say hello? Hi, everyone. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so I've actually had Sarah Nichols on the show, and she was one of my earlier guests, and she works with Tia. They work together for Tia Martinez Ministries, and she had would have had an awesome testimony, and it was an amazing show, and I just felt like the Lord was really tugging at me to have Tia on, because I've actually had many people I've referred to your ministry, so it's really exciting to meet you and have you on here, so thank you so much for being here. Thank you. It's an honor. I really um, find it to be important when people ask you to share the gospel and we have the opportunity to, to talk about the healing of God is a powerful thing. And um, and we must, you know, walk in that with honor and trembling um, mm-hmm. with the Lord. So I'm, I'm excited to be on here and be able to share. Yeah. So I would love it if you could start by just sharing a little bit about yourself, who you are, where you're from, and really just kind of what a little bit of your testimony, like where you're at now or how you got or where you were and how you got to be where you're at now. Sure. Um, I, I, I don't know, like some of us, I kind of have a long testimony, but I'll keep it short today. But, um, I grew up very quickly. I ha- actually um, had a baby at 14 or I got pregnant at 14 years old and um, got married and had a baby at 15. And so um, I was not raised in church. I wasn't, um, you know, I, I honestly didn't, we didn't own a Bible. It was really, I grew up not anti-God, but just not connected to God. I didn't really know anything about him or, or even if you were to say the word of God to me, I wouldn't know what that meant. Getting pregnant, having a baby at such a young age, and then getting married at 15, I really started out as some of you can imagine with kind of a rough life of trying to find myself. I, let me tell you, whether you know God or don't know God, we're, we're all looking for a piece of us. We're all trying to figure out who we are, um, whether we know the maker or not. But, and so I went through a time of just trying to find myself by the age of 22, I um, had three kids at 19, I became very desperate. It's just something inside of me said this, you know, there's got to be more to life than this. And um, I was miserable. I was depressed. Um, you know, and you'll, you'll hear this often from many different testimonies, but I always tell people no drug, you know, sex, nothing in this world could really fill that, that space. And, right. and so I had come to a kind of a loss of like, there's got to be something else. And so I started to ask um, if there's a God out there in my heart, you know, to, to show himself to me a prayer like that. 
And um, at 19, God began to speak to me. And he began to speak to me through movies, secular movies. I didn't even know that Christian movies existed. And um, he began to speak to me in my dreams in different places. And, um, you know, my family kind of thought, wow, you know, what is wrong with her? Something's going on with her, you know. But he led me to a church on a Sunday morning headed to Walmart. I saw a church. The doors were open and the Lord um, was speaking to me at the time and said, you know, get out, go into the church. And so I began to go to this church on Sundays. And then he told me to go down and get get saved. The verbiage he used was go down and talk to the pastor about, you know, what you need to do is what he told me because I didn't have a language for it anyway. And so long story short, I ended up saved. And within years, I ended up in a Bible study and growing and learning and hearing the Lord and was passionate for God. And my, my desire at that point was, um, I just wanted to serve him because I was so thankful for all of the crud he had taken me out of. I was so thankful of the the depression and the suicide that I lived with day after day. And Jesus like snatched me out of that. Now, let me tell you, there were things that I dealt with still, you know, I was a Christian, but I still had some stuff that needed to be sanctified, but there were things that he just took me right out of um, supernaturally. Long story short, I ended up getting aligned with uh, the Suttis. They, Bill and Janet Suttis, had Ram Ministry, and they um, asked to mentor me, and I began to set in on sessions, and I began to go through my own healing process of inner healing and deliverance. And it just, you know, I went through probably a good, maybe six years of hearing you know, just put it on the cross, put it on the cross. Mm. And I don't really know what those words mean, but let me tell you, they didn't help me. (laughs) I didn't know what put it on the cross meant. Now I I get the understanding that I needed to take it to Jesus, but I didn't even know how to do that. You know, and I always tell people, if you can heal yourself, you would have probably already done it. Come on. Yes, absolutely. Uh, So you know, getting this training and sitting in and going through my own deliverance and inner healing actually trained me and gave me hunger for more. And I began to understand that this was a part of my sanctification. This was a part of me getting closer to the Lord and, and actually a part of my destiny. We've all been called. We all been called. I'm sitting here looking at this wonderful book. It's not mine. It's pigs in the parlor that um, is written by Frank and Ida Mayhem and wonderful beginner book. If anybody ever yeah. wants to start somewhere on inner healing and deliverance, yeah. but it says in Matthew 10, one, Jesus summoned his 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every kind of disease and every kind of sickness, you know, and man, I would read those verses, but I would never see it being done. Mm-hmm. And I would say, I don't understand Lord. I read your word, but I'm not seeing it happen in my life or anybody else's life. When do we see the words of Jesus manifest, you know, Mm -hmm. meaning when do we see them bear fruit being, you know, the finger of God being moved around in in this church and the, in the body of Christ. And so, um, as I began to learn inner healing and deliverance and saw the power of the Holy spirit move and begin to understand the Holy spirit, it changed my life Mm. completely. I wouldn't say it was another, um, you know, some people say I got saved twice. It wasn't, I had understood I was going to heaven, but I wanted to yes. go to heaven, a holy bride. Yes. 
don't yes. want to go to heaven a dirty, depressed, yes, you know, painful, you know, um, bride. I wanted to make that transition, and I didn't even have words for that. It was just the longing of my heart. And and yeah. some of you watching right now may have that. All you need is the longing of your heart, and Jesus will answer that longing. You don't even have to have the perfect prayer, but Jesus will begin to answer the longing that you have just to be you know, healed and closer to him. And so that's kind of what happened to me. And Mm. as I began to learn and get trained, I just got, you know, passionate about it. I I wasn't asking to be in full-time ministry. (laughs) Kind of when my mentors were kind of like, you know, we want you to get on the microphone. We want you to lead this. Wow. So we want you to do that. Right. I would oftentimes be like, oh, no, I don't want, I'm, I'm good in the back, you know, yep, yep. you know, mm-hmm. but um, you know, this is something that she told me. She said that uh, false humility is, is just as bad as, as pride. And so false humility is yeah. when you, God is calling you to something, but you refuse to answer the call because you're afraid. Whoa. That really shook me to my core. And I began to realize that my junk, that I still was continually walking out my insecurity, my fear, my pain, my hurt was still getting in the way of my calling and what God was calling me to do. So in order to be obedience, that's why obedience is better than sacrifice because out of the obedience, right? Out of the trusting God, God begins to mold us and he begins to change us. And we can carry the glory of God inside of us as we begin to change and he begins to clean us out. He pours in himself and his glory. And so that's where I began to just go, Lord, okay, whatever you want to do with me, I'll be obedient to you. Um, And I began to um, walk in ministry and do ministry. And then we ended up um, getting handed my uh, spiritual father, mentor, Bill Suddeth, he, he ended up passing a ministry to me. And I, um, we call it, it's called Healing Hearts. We ended up renaming it and um, getting a nonprofit. And then um, Healing Hearts is what does um, inner healing and deliverance. So we have an office in Colorado. And then we moved here about two years ago to start an office here in Texas. Okay. Um, so that's kind of my story in a, in a nutshell. <laughs> Wow, that is so beautiful. And I'm so glad to hear what you're doing and he- bringing healing through the name of Jesus. And you you know it firsthand. Um, yeah. One of the things that I'm curious about when you said, you know, obedience is more important than sacrifice. And I feel like there's some people listening to be like, I don't know what that means. Like, I think there's some people that they don't even know what it means. Like, where are their need? They need they're needing to be obedient in. Like, I think sometimes we know like, okay, don't swear or don't get drunk. Like there's certain things it's like, okay, all right. I won't do that. But what about, what about some of the things that you had to walk in to get healing? I think what a lot of what I see are people, Christians actually, that are wounded and they don't know that they're still wounded. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. And you said there was a call in your heart, like there was this tug, there was this pull. So mm-hmm. what about those who don't know that they're wounded and how, like what happens when they step in, like when you see these people, they come into inner healing and I have a feeling they probably say, my husband's a jerk. He's the problem. <laughs> yeah. And that's what they come to inner healing for. Like, 
you know, <laughs> talk about kind of what happens when you unlock. I mean, because he's probably is, you know, I'm sure like in the world, we, we would agree. And there's probably really not so good things happening there, but you laugh because I think, you know, what happens in the spirit when the, when the Lord works and it's opposite of what we think in the natural. So kind of talk about what happens there when someone kind of comes in with an issue and like, how does inner healing start to shift us? And what does, how does the Lord do this versus us thinking that we can do this? Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, I, you know, I had said to you earlier, if I could have healed myself, I would have already done it. And that's the power of intimacy and the power of relationship with the Lord. You can know of God or you can know him. Mm. So when so somebody comes in and usually I laughed because when, if somebody comes in and sits in front of me, and you know, in front of my desk and says, you know, I'm here because my husband's the problem. Um that's part, that's probably your number one step of being able to receive healing is understanding that you have to be responsible for your own stuff. And so, um, not to dive too much into my testimony, but part of my testimony was getting healing from, um, an abortion that I had. Mm. And, um, it was a powerful thing. Thank God for his forgiveness and his love and his mercy the number one thing that blocked my healing when I first started going in for ministry was the fact that I blamed everybody else that was involved in that, that pain in my life. Well, my mom took me, my dad did this, my cousin did, you know, whatever it is, uh, my husband did this, but the reality was, was I had made the decision. And so the counselor said to me, did they hold a gun to your head? And I said, no, ma'am. And she said, until you take full responsibility of yourself and your stuff. So meaning until you start going, Lord, what is in my heart? Let me take the, the, the boulder out of my eye and let me look at myself and, and what is it that I need to change in my heart? And let me tell you, the closer that you get to the Lord, the more that you see him is when you find yourself. When we find him and we look into his eyes, we get closer to him, we read his word, we begin to sense his presence around us or hearing his voice, we begin to find ourselves. But sometimes when we find ourselves, we're like, ew, I don't like what I see, you know? (laughs) So I began to like go, wow, I, I have a lot of fear. Like, I'm afraid of death. I'm afraid of getting sick. You know, I'm afraid of my husband leaving me. I'm afraid of, you know you name it, fill in the blank, right? For whatever those fears are, or my relationships are just toxic. Why did every relationship I have becomes, you know, a mess? Or why do I, you know, go over every conversation I ever speak? Those are all indications. You know, where do I feel rejected? Do I, Where do I battle during the week when I go to church or when I go to work or when I, where, where, where have I sometimes said it's just the enemy, the enemy, when in reality, the enemy is pre- pressing his finger on things and, tr- and triggering me, pressing, you yeah. know, fear, pushing yes. the button of fear, pushing the button of hopelessness, yeah. pushing the button. And so that's where I began to go, you know what? Yes, my husband has issues, right? But I, I can't fix his issues and it's not my job, but I can, I can let God work on my, on my heart. And as God works on my heart, the Bible says that my 
that, you know, being sanctified in him, that mm -hmm. it will sanctify my husband or I'll sanctify my wife. Right. And so healing actually flows down how sin affects people. Healing affects people. Right. So I tell people all the time, you start getting healing. It will affect your husband. You know, I, but he has yeah. to be responsible for his stuff. And so that first, you know, thing would be, you know, mm -hmm. why are you here and what do you want God to do in your life? And that's a powerful place to start. That's really, really good that it's your will and your choice to say, okay, I want to work on me. Yes. Yeah. And sometimes it's boundaries, right? We have women or men that come in that have unhealthy marriages and we're not saying that, you know, you, you just work on yourself, but we have to even teach them that the more healed they get, the better they're able to walk in boundaries in their marriage, if they need boundaries in their marriage and they need to, you know, say, this is the line you can't cross. And I've been a doormat for 15 years, but God's teaching me that I'm valuable and I'm, a, I'm lovable. Mm. And, you know, this is my line. So everybody's story looks different, but God knows your story and he has a story for you and he wants it to be beautiful. And um, he, he, it says the plans he has for us is to prosper us, you know, and, and to fill us up and to, uh, you know, help us succeed. I'm, I'm, these are my own words. I'm paraphrasing, but I know who he is to me and what he wants for me. Mm -hmm. And it's all good, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I loved when you were talking about um, the fear that was in your life, like all the fear that you had. I noticed the language you used was, it was like in therapy, we call this narrative therapy. It's called externalization. You were talking about it. Like it wasn't this outside thing. And I don't even know if you know that you're doing this, but you're saying the fear was impacting me. The fear was causing this. It was like this outside thing. But what I will see a lot is I'm going to die, or I'm afraid like it's the take it on as their identity can you talk about how you were able to even identify, oh, this is a button the enemy's pushing. This is a, a trigger that's happening instead of I'm a an anxious person or I'm yeah. full of fear and it's just the way that it is. And because I will see a lot of people almost like protective of their depression, protective of their anxiety and like, well, this is what happened to me. Well, I, there's no way that that's going to go away. And there's this, almost this, the enemy, like just protects like the coziness of the trauma. And it's almost like it's offensive to think that God could heal it. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, I think that we live in an age right now that, um, that would probably be so that, that there is a, um, an, a, an idea that we are, um, how we feel. Mm -hmm. And so, um, mm -hmm. which is not accurate. Now, biblically, if we go back to the word of God, which is what I live my life based on and where I get my information about myself. Good. So I realized just knowing like when I was, I was a 19 year old, I was supposed to go play professional soccer and I had lost everything that my family had considered successful um, I had really messed all that up. And so when I found the Lord, I didn't just find eternity. I didn't just find salvation. Like, oh, now I'm going to live forever. I'm good. I found me. And see, that's the point that we need to understand is we okay. find our original DNA, our original identities 
in the word. Mm. And if anything doesn't line up with what God says about me, then it is not me. And that's what we have to get back to. That's good. I, you know what I think you're, you're literally saying it's like one of the most basic things that is so important that I think that there's times that I think even in churches, they're just not teaching this. And so there's a little bit of the word that's being watered down and there's a little bit more of this kind of comfort church that's coming up. And so when you speak something like this, it's like, what? I don't know that this is possible. Like what you're sharing, I literally am thinking about Ephesians 2.10 in the NLT because it says, for we are God's masterpiece. Yes. Like that's the language that he uses. And the other, other versions, it's where God's workmanship, where his handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which, which God prepared us or prepared in advance for us to do like that's amazing. And so when you meditate on that goodness, it really shifts things. So to me, what I kind of feel like you're talking about is like this, like shift in our mindset that it's almost like to be able to do this healing. We do need to believe that the word of God is true. Yes. Yeah. What else do we relate to? You know, if we, if we relate to something that says that we're broken to a system that says that we'll always be depressed, how do we find victory and healing? Right. You know, and that's, that's a hopeless system, Hmm. but God came and he took his life. He gave his life away so that he could take every system and break it. So he shed his blood, not just for your sins so that you can die one day and go live, you know, on streets of gold. In Christianity, we have to understand and believe the full story. Yeah. And we, we have to understand, it says, in, and uh, I believe it's 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 15, it says that we were once dead in, um, in Adam, the old Adam, the first Adam. So I'm going to break this down a little bit for some people that I might be, I don't want to confuse you. But if you go back and read, it says that when you were dead, so we were dead before Christ, before we met Jesus, before Tia met Jesus, I was just in my sin. I was, everything was just overwhelming and owned me. It felt like I could never get out of it. I didn't know who I was, where I was going. And even that I had an an eternity to go to. But when I met him, I found salvation. And that's a great thing. Mm -hmm. That's what we do. Do you want to get saved? Do you want to go to heaven? You know, that's, that's how we witness to people. But there is more to life of being a Christian than just dying one day and going to heaven. See, Jesus died, went down, took the keys out of Hades. You know what he took the keys for? He took the keys to unlock every place that needed unlocked that the enemy had taken and locked up. He took the keys and unlocked even the seven seals that it talks about in Revelation. He had the key and the Bible says he the key because he had conquered evil. It said he dethroned and he disarmed the evil one. But in in 1 Corinthians 15, it says we were dead before and when we we um, became with Christ, we rose with him on the third day. Now, I just want to give this imagery to people that when you got saved, you came out of the dead self. My dead Tia was, was dead. And then in Christ, she rose up and it goes on to say, I became a heavenly being, Wow, a heavenly being. So what does that mean? Well, now that I'm in Christ, 
I'm not an old Adam. I'm not under the curse. I don't have to live with depression. I don't have to live with fear. Why? Because Jesus took the key and conquered all evil. And those things that we are dealing with that wreak havoc in our life and they steal from our marriages, our relationships, our children, our callings, the things that God is calling us into, you know, to, to love people, to help people with their, you know, their shortcomings, the things that they're dealing with. If those things begin to steal from you and so steal from your life and everybody would have a, um, an example in their lives of where something like that, like fear or depression, where it steals from them. And so I came into a reality where I'm like, no, the Bible says I don't have to live that way. The Bible says that I, I'm not fearful. It says that I have a sound mind. I'm not a slave again to the old things. Yeah, I, I have freedom. I have freedom in Christ. And I'm like, what does that mean? And, you know, I was such a curious, stubborn girl that I was going to figure it out. You know, thank goodness for some of our stubbornness that we, yes. that we used yes. to give up, you know? Yes. And so I was going to find what God was talking about. And the more that I began to read the word and understand that I actually, the enemy was under my foot. And I actually had authority over these things and I didn't have to live that way. So uh, I'll stop there because I'll. <laughs> this is so good. That is exactly what I would say to that. Yeah. Well, and I think what you're sharing is something that's, I mean, you're sharing the gospel. And I think we can forget the power and the simplicity of the gospel. And that that has, that's what brings us transformation. And that's what brings the, the healing. It isn't just like this quick fix, feel good. Let's go get delivered in inner healing session where I feel good. It's, it's deep, real healing, freedom, transformation. Like he's the God of this universe. Yes, absolutely. It's, it's not simple or I, excuse me. It's simple. Like it's, it's not complicated. And I think we can complicate it. And we, we do a lot of things. I think the fear of man is a snare and that can cause us to do things that make it feel good. Um, and this healing, I mean, just what you're sharing, your journey wasn't easy. I mean, you had to go after it. And so I think yeah. some of you, some of you listening, thinking like, oh my gosh, I've been going after this and I'm, I'm not healed yet, or I'm still struggling. Keep going. Keep no, don't going. Give up. Don't give yeah. up. You know, the, he he's bigger than your problems. He's bigger than your circumstances. Yeah. I think that sometimes we give up because I'm trying to make this a simple way to, to say this, but when we begin to really understand how the spirit realm operates, we get keys and those keys unlock things. And so what do I mean by that? Well, when I understand the power of forgiveness, for instance, so when we're dealing with fear, um, depression, anxiety, re rejection, all of those things, um, shame, there are roots to why we're feeling what we're feeling. And when we deal with the, the spiritual realm of dealing with something and going, no, we're removing that from our lives, um, we have to deal with legal rights. So let me give you an example of that. Unforgiveness would be a legal right for something to come in and torment you. That's biblical. I think it's Matthew 16, 
Matthew 16 or Matthew 26. I can't remember which, but it's, it talks about forgiveness in Matthew. And um, what happens when we forgive and we say, you know what? Um, I'm choosing to forgive because I know that God is asking me to forgive this person. Do they deserve it? I don't feel like they do because they hurt me. They hurt me terribly, but I'm not the judge. And I know if I forgive, I will receive healing. And so I, I, you know, I forgive Susie for hurting me. And when I forgive, it releases a legal right. And, and so that's a key. Now, forgiveness, we teach, isn't healing. It paves the way for healing. So what yeah. I would do is yeah. forgive someone. And then whatever that pain was, say that person abused me when I was five years old. Now that forgiveness unlocks and it paves the way for the healing. But then I would go and I would I would do inner healing and ask the Lord to come in to those places, those roots where there's trauma mm. and to walk me through the healing there and to take the pain and take the lies that were structured. Let me explain that a little bit. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm going to break down a little bit of what deliverance and inner healing looks like. If you're yeah, okay with that. Absolutely. Um, so a, a stronghold, which would be fear, shame, rejection, all these can be strongholds, a perverse spirit, you know, yeah. like um, having addictions to pornography, having addictions to alcohol. These are called strongholds. So a stronghold starts with a lie structure. That's how a stronghold is built with a lie. Lies usually come in with trauma. So if I was five and I got abused by my grandfather at five years old, that was a trauma that, that came against me. It was, I was sinned against, but in that trauma, a lie was formed. Um, you liked it. It's your fault. You're dirty. So every lie for, you know, people have different lie structures, but let's just use some of those as, as an example. So in that, in my little five-year-old body, I have a trauma and I have a lie structure that begins to start up. And then throughout life, the enemy begins to build on that structure. So say at 10 years old, something else happens and a, another trauma and another lie. And then let's go on to 15 and let's go on to 20. And the stronghold begins to operate when the fruit of that root of that life structure and that trauma root begins to manifest fruit. So what does that mean? It means the stronghold of fear begins to show up in panic attacks. It begins to show up in, um, you know, I can't breathe in small spaces. It begins to have fear of men, fear of commitment, fear of saying no. All of the fear structures begin to show up in my relationships. They bear fruit. Hmm. And that's how I know I have a stronghold. That's, that's good. So if you understand those things, which is why we teach when we minister, it's very important for me to teach people as we're ministering to them, because it empowers them. Yeah. The, the Bible doesn't say for the lack of which, or I'm sorry, um, mm -hmm. that we perish because of witchcraft. It doesn't say we perish because of demonic. It doesn't say we perish because of fear. It says that we perish for lack of knowledge. Wow. Yeah, that's good. So that's as good. we begin to minister, we teach these things because we don't fight against flesh and blood. We fight against principalities. Right. So the person begins to learn how to fight back. 
Mm. That's the key. So if you've been fighting and you feel hopeless and you feel like, you know, what's the point? I can't do this anymore. Um, you know, reach out for help. Don't do this alone. You were not made to do this alone. And I guarantee you, if you ask the Lord to, to find someone, we're available as well to walk you through this, but to find someone to walk you through it and you will begin to gain keys and knowledge on what is going on and why you're feeling what you're feeling. And you will see change. Come on. I guarantee you. This is so hopeful. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is awesome because you're giving somebody hope for it's, it's just like you flip the destruction on its head instead of having that to be, you know, what you're holding on to. It's like, no, there's a, it's a key. Like it's, it's what we have the power. It's yes. what we can do yeah. instead of the problem. So yes. it just is. Yeah. So this is so good. Thank you so much, Tia. This has really been really fruitful, really helpful. Um, is there anything else that you would want to share? Anything else you'd want to leave our listeners with? Um, I thank you for having me. There's so much um, to say, you know, I could probably be on here for hours I know. <laughs> and talk about this, you know, but God is yeah. so good. And if there's anything I would, I would leave you with is, is just, you are valuable and you are here for a purpose. You are not here because your mother and your father lay down together, but you are here because God chose you. He chose you and he wanted you. And so I would just say to you to keep going, to ask the Lord to align you, to bring you to people. Um, I, I decree over you that you will be healed. I decree and prophesy in the name of Jesus, his healing into your heart right now. I speak healing into your heart and hope again, that you would hope, that you would dream, that I, I pray, Father, that there would be, um, that there would be dreams in the midnight hour, that they would see themselves the way you created them originally, that they would see all of the things that have been tormenting them, melting off of them, and they would see and hear and feel you again. And I pray in the name of Jesus that you will begin to know that your destiny on this earth is to be Jesus, is to love like Jesus, is to know Jesus, is to take Jesus everywhere. And then your assignments are the things that he's establishing in you to take him into different cities, different nations, into your neighborhood, into your family. So I decree over you that your story will come to pass, that everything that was written in the book of heaven about your life will come to pass, and everything that was not written will be stopped, will be dismantled, and will be null and void in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So powerful. Thank you so much. So how can people get a hold of you, schedule with one of um, your inner healers. Um, you have a location in Colorado, right? And then also Texas and you are yes. online. So I think what I love about what you do and why I refer to you is because people from all over the world can work with you. So yeah, how yes. could they find more information about you? Um, we are, um, our website's probably going to be the easiest. It's Tia Martinez Ministries. So T-E-I-A Martinez ministries.com is going to be the website for you to go to. And then our um, contact information is on there. You can make an appointment online on there. We have classes, we have resources that you can watch videos 
um, and prayers that you can do online as well. Um, but if you need anything, please reach out to the number that's on the website and give us a call and we can direct you with the information that you're needing and help you uh, make the choice of whether you want to make an appointment or, you know, what you would, what you feel like you need. We have somebody that will answer the phones and help you with that. Yeah. So I love that you say that you do training so people can get equipped. They can do inner healing and deliverance training. Um, you're yes. available to speak as well. So people can invite you to speak. Um, so there's a lot of things that she has on her website. So make sure to go ahead and check it out. So thank you. Yeah, so much. I also yeah. Do, um, I have resources for children and teenagers. Oh, awesome. And I also work with um, children and teenagers in the area of deliverance and inner healing as well. So that's another thing that is on the website if you want information for. So good. Awesome. Thank you so much, Tia. No, thank you, Heidi. I had so much fun with you and the time went by so fast. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm like, it's already done. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever you listen. Your review helps the show reach more people and spread mental health awareness with Jesus at the Center. You can also check me out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or my website at HeidiMortensenLMFT.com. See you at our next episode.